Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Today, we're going to talk about communication. And the reason we're going to talk about communication is, once again, because I had an experience with how poor communication can be a little bit uh, upsetting, sometimes devastating. (laughs) So this particular week, um, we live in three quarters of an acre. It's very wooded. Uh, My backyard kind of looks like a campground. I think I've mentioned this before. My front yard is quite pretty. Uh, The people that owned the house before we did and and created this huge environment to which we purchased uh, 10 years ago, they did a huge reno had it all professionally landscaped and it, it's, it's just lovely. It's like driving up into a park. But my backyard is gravel with fire pits and huge cedar trees. And I always joke because it does. It looks freaking just like a campground. But my husband loves it and it's just wonderful for entertaining space. But the problem living like this with amongst all these trees on the West Coast is it is a constant job jar. Constant job jar. And I made the mistake not even realizing it was a mistake till this week. I'm not hiring my gardeners this spring. So for those of you that are new listeners, I am a 52-year-old woman. I'm a mother, a grandmother, and a accounting on, um, uh, entrepreneur. And I have fibromyalgia quite severely. And I, I manage it very well now, but it took a long time. But I have to be very careful about physically overdoing things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, this year I was doing really well. And decided not to hire the gardeners that used to look after this extensive property. I sort of inherited them from the prior owners. I usually bring them in every spring, every fall to do that initial cleanup from all the storms and the winter and the mess so that I can start my gardening, which I love to do, uh, for the rest of the spring and summer and the fall. And then they come in and do another cleanup and, you know, kind of close it all down. And it just sits and snows and rains and does what it needs to do for six months until I can start that process all over again. All good. I was an idiot because what I did was... I exhausted myself and didn't actually realize I had exhausted myself doing that huge spring cleanup. So my body, my mind, my emotions, everything has already done all this huge amount of work. So now the work that still needs to be done is feeling overwhelming. And there's a lot of it and I just seem to have forgotten that. So this is what I did. I hired a kid in the neighborhood. Well, they didn't come for a week or two and I was like, okay, they just want to get school up out with that's great so then it was like well we have to have this work done by July 1st and and can you believe it's the American Canadian combo long weekend again already I don't even know where this last two months has gone to anyways I had the the uh, the brothers come up and they worked for a day and they were great and then I needed there was more work to be done it's a lot to do in one in one day it's very physical lots of raking lots of bending over and picking up sticks really it's really not that exciting and the younger brother came back now, this is communication breakdown. And I didn't see it till after I'd come out and seen the devastation of my garden to realize how he had misinterpreted. So my intention was, love, I need you to rake all these twigs and leaves and all this stuff out of the corners and clean up next to the fence line and under my granddaughter's playhouse. Just, just tidy. Uh, if you don't live anywhere where there are massive trees or debris, this might be really hard to visualize, but I live in a part of the world where it is extensive, okay? Extensive. And it's just ongoing all the time. My husband lives with a um, one of those huge backpack blowers in his hand at all times, every day, just about. He worked for three hours and I came out 
and none of the work I'd asked to get done was done. I done. I said, you know, since you're here, love, I will quickly trim these hedges and my box hedges and these couple of trees that had finished blooming. I'll make this mess so that you can clean it up and uh, do the front garden area that uh, one area is a little more than I can handle. And that, that'll be great for today. I go out and the garden's not done and my mess is still all over the rocks and he's gone home and texts me to say that he's done three hours and I'm like, okay, that's odd. I thought, well, there's something I'm just not seeing. My husband comes home and we walk out the back and I stop dead. There's this huge, maybe five feet, six feet section from the fence line. I live on a ravine to the pathway. That's about, oh, I don't know, 30 feet long that I have spent two years training this ground cover to come up and cover all the dirt and mess because it's just sandy dirt and it blows in the wind and it's just disgusting. Picking the weeds and allowing this one particular ground cover to just proliferate, it took two years to get that to happen. And my poor little worker tore it all out. It actually still boggles my mind that he actually worked that hard and got that all done. But that wasn't what I wanted him to do. I wanted him to rake around that ground cover and get all the twigs and everything off the path and out of the corners and up against the fence and the dead leaves. That's what I wanted. But I realized later as I'm standing there bawling my eyes out. I'm not kidding. I have worn myself to the ground. I've overdone it again. I'm exhausted. My emotions have been on, on high alert this last few days. And I'm standing in my yard, crying my eyes out, going, so now I'm going to pay for this work. And the work's not done. That's the other thing that was just overwhelming. I'm looking around our yards, and this is the last day I could have him. He's leaving on summer vacation. I've now paid the money to have the work done, that the work's not done, and someone's decimated my yard. It's like, oh my freaking goodness, what do you do? Okay, so I'm going to take a little segue because it was interesting. I do what I always do when I get on a podcast. I check my meditation book just to see if there's what I want to talk about has anything to do with maybe what the universe is trying to say. Oh, it did. Melody Beattie, Journey to the Heart. It was a gift from my dear friend Birta, and I uh, I just love this book. I'll be using it for years because I don't read it every day, and I'm sure it'll always tell me something different. So yesterday's uh, little message was learn to be calm. <laughs> I thought, yeah, because let me tell you, I wasn't calm yesterday. Or was it the day before? Today's Wednesday. No, it was the Monday. Sorry, this was Monday. Learn to be calm. I was not calm on Monday. We had overdone it on the weekend. We had nine people down to dinner impromptu on Sunday night. This yard work was ongoing. We have this huge family barbecue coming up this Saturday. And I'm just thinking, we just can't get this all done. I had, and I had a huge week of work, which I had to reschedule a few clients. And that was okay, actually, in the end. It was, it was okay, but at the time, you know what it's like when you're just standing there having the anxiety attack going, it's all just too much, I, I can't cope. Most of us have been there at one time or another in our life, even if, even, if, even if you do not chronically suffer from anxiety. So Melanie talks here about feeling strained and intense when she's driving along the Redwood Highway in uh, North Carolina, or nor- Northern California. Kind of funny, actually, considering trees were my issue this week. And she wanted to take another uh, road, but this one was uh, quicker, but less scenic to get to my destination. But at the last moment, I decided to drive through the trees. Thousands of redwoods grew hundreds of feet into the air, some too tall and proud. They seemed to have their neck cranes so they could peer down to the highway. Some grew roots. Some stood alone, mile after mile, as far as the eye could see in any direction. Their power and message became inescapable. It was one of the, it was one of calmness, patience, and growth. So she could have taken the shorter route 
and got to her destination faster. But in this particular instance, she decided, okay, let's take the little long way around. For hundreds of years, they have been there, patiently seeing life through all its little trials and tribulations. Her little lesson, learn a lesson from the Redwoods. Let them teach the power of patience and calm. Life goes on, things happen, people change, time moves along. There are stories to live and stories to tell, but we can be calm and know that always all is well. Now, I just thought that was kind of interesting, considering the last thing I was on Monday was calm, to the point where my I felt my husband really wasn't understanding how upset I was. And so was, um, I don't know what he was doing. He was just, excuse the term, he was just being a bit of goof. And then talking to our neighbors and trying to get me over to visit with them. And I just, I was sitting crying I, behind my sunglasses, on my knees, doing, getting these plants in the ground that I'd bought the day before that had to get planted. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to our neighbors. Like, can't you see that I don't want to be social right now? Can't you see I'm hurting? Now, he didn't see any of it. And for whatever reason, what, lost in his own crap. And I was just a I was just a bit of a bitch. I snapped at him and then we didn't speak to each other. And then on top of it, we worked our butts off to almost 10 o'clock at night to the point where yesterday I could hardly walk. My pain was incredible, my body pain, because of overdoing it like that. So do you see the cause and effect here? Now, we're going to come back to the communication because there are consequences and you need to own poor communication, Okay. It is a skill set and it's something you need to learn and practice. But when you don't communicate well, you also need to own that. And I couldn't blame this 14-year-old kid for decimating my garden when he, he didn't realize my instructions when I laid in the bath later that night or the next morning, probably the next morning, because Keith and I both just crashed into bed, barely speaking to each other. <laughs> These things happen. And... Uh, the next morning, I'm in my Epsom salts and all my essential oils trying to get mobile. And I'm, now I'm going back over in my head. What did I say to him? You know what I did? I gestured to the ground with my hands saying, I want all of this cleaned up. I didn't say specifically, you know, to leave the ground cover, right? And just remove the twigs and leaves and, and, and stuff like that and sticks. Because he'd already raked out an area to the other side where my husband stores this little fishing boat and we have the wood chopping area and my, you know, things, it's just a little storage area. He'd already cleaned all that out. So I kind of thought it made common sense, but it didn't. And my instructions were not specific. I just gestured to the ground and said, please clean this all out. And in his 14 year old mind, that meant pull all these, what he thought were weeds out. Now, granted, there was probably a lot of weeds in there because I haven't weeded that area yet. But like I said, I've been two years growing this particular ground cover to cover this sandy, dirty mess. And now it's all gone. And he had to have worked like a dog to get that stuff out of the ground. When I went back there and saw the expanse of the, of, of the decimation, <laughs> it was like, wow, he worked like a dog. So the consequence here is, who owns this? I own this. I was not clear and concise. I did not even go out in that three hours and check on him. I came to my office, buried my head in work, and went, oh, thank heavens I'm paying someone else to look after this problem. I don't have to worry about it. Well, you know what? There's a lot of things in life that... We just don't get to wipe our hands of, even if we've paid someone else to do it. And here's a little segue. Kids need direction. It's not their job to be the adult. It was not my little neighbor's kid's job to be the adult. It was my job to train him. And that's the only reason privately down the road, I was thinking maybe I would say something to him just so if he did other work in the neighborhood, he would understand. But 
but I can't. I just can't make him feel bad. He would feel so bad. His mom would flip a lid. She'd probably make him come up and redo it all for free. And I'm like, that's, he doesn't get to get ripped off because I have poor communication skills. Not how that works. Now, however, the next day, today's meditation is feel your feelings. And that was one thing that I, I realized yesterday and today, and especially today where I'm back in a good place. And I actually hired a, another neighbor's son who's older and runs a little lawn business to come and finish up the work today. Yesterday or Monday, no way. I've already paid the money. I'm on my high, I'm on my, you know, my high horse or whatever you want to call it and my victim mentality. And I'm, I'm not paying for this again. Well, do you know what? Who's, who's getting hurt here? We're talking about kids that are making 10, 15 bucks an hour and doing work that I physically can't do. And I make three times that bookkeeping and I'm complaining about another 20, 25 bucks being spent. Okay. Get your priorities straight. That's where poverty mentality can really take over and you just can't let that run your life. So a young fellow that I wish I'd hired in the first place, but he, I didn't realize he had this little business going till it was too late. Cause he's, um, my darling little surrogate niece's boyfriend. He came and helped me out today and it's done. It's like literally he came at eight 30. The work is done. It's 10 30 in the morning and he's got it all done. <laughs> Yay team. But what I was realizing was as much as I was so upset on Monday, you do need to work through your feelings and your feelings are not a bad thing. Me snapping at my husband wasn't cool, but he was sort of not being understanding either. And he really should have just showed a little compassion, I think, and maybe have left me to my own devices. He's been with me 18 years. He knows these things pass, but instead he kept pushing at me and trying me to come and talk to other people. And I snapped it. I just, I just flipped a lid. It was like, no, go away. Like, can't you see that I cannot handle one more person making demand on me or having another conversation? I, my house was full of people for three freaking days. No more. I just want peace and quiet. But he wasn't pick, picking up on those hints whatsoever. So I just snapped at him and now everybody's upset. Okay. That happens. But... We do need to be careful how we react to people around us. That's part of our, our growth and our self-control over ourselves. If you cannot control yourself, you cannot control or help anyone else around you. You must always start with yourself. If your awareness is not on yourself, if your control is not about yourself, then you're, and you're in an unhealthy place, you'll just start pointing fingers. You'll be a victim all the time. You'll be telling other people what they are and aren't doing wrong. In your mind, you'll be having that silent conversation about, you know, your family's hurting you this or friends are treating you this way. That all happens because you're unwilling to deal with your crap. Sorry, that's just the black and white of it. That's the psychology of it. That's just the reality. However, your feelings are never to be discounted. I had every right to stand there and cry and maybe have a good cry doing my garden. I mutter under my breath. I was so angry, but I was angry at myself, not at my, not, not at my little worker. I was angry at myself. So you don't have to do anything about your feelings. Just understand, and this is uh, Melody talking here, understand that, believe that they are only feelings. Emotional energy is important. It's important not to block it, to stop it, deny it, or repress it. It's important to discharge it, to value it, to value ourselves. I've spoken a number of times in the early years, uh, the early months of my podcast about a, a gentleman, Dr. Bradley Nelson, who clears blocked emotions. And part of what they're talking about here is that if you are suppressing all the time, you will create energetic blocks in your body and you will bring on illness and pain and unwellness. And that stuff just needs to keep flowing. That's, you know, emotions are part of life. Disappointment, anger, 
all of these things are natural and they are okay. It's how you handle them. Okay. It's just like alcohol or a vehicle. Both can kill you if not handled properly. Okay. Your emotions are no different. What else does you have to say here? You don't have to do anything. I didn't have to do anything. It is escalated because of a miscommunication between my husband and I, but I didn't really have to do anything. I just needed to sit in garden, wear that mat off and cry about the two years of work that I put in that it was now lost and would, I would have to just redo. But you know what? Nobody died. House didn't burn down. We haven't lost our fortune. You know, I haven't it's, you got to put things into, I needed to put things in perspective. You've got to put things in perspective. That's just how the thing. So doing it is this, doing something. Uh, so you don't need to control every emotion or let your emotions control you. Doing something is the old way, the way of control. Simply feel whatever you feel and whatever you need to feel. Become fully and completely conscious of what you feel. Take responsibility for the way you choose to express your feelings. Then let your feelings go. Release the emotional energy. Soon you will know what to do next, know what lesson is underway, you'll naturally take the action that's right for you to take, and all you have to do about your feelings is feed them. Now, that's, you know, the two days of meditation that really tie into what I've experienced this week in this podcast on a communication. Now, here's the universe once again stepping up. Yesterday, I spent the morning in bed, unfortunately, with, with just really being very physically ill and emotionally just run down. And my girlfriend phoned. She was one of the people that was here for dinner on Sunday night. Now, I had this whole crew of people here because of the renovation that we're doing in our upper suite. We've given a renter notice. We're going to renovate. And I had a good friends of mine and my contractor friend uh, come over to take a look at it. Well, you know, I really couldn't put that off. It had been booked for two weeks, even though I really just for a dinner party, it was like, no, I've had I just let's cancel this and do another time. I didn't really have that option. These people were making time for my schedule. So I needed them to be here. But she phoned to say, you know what? You really weren't yourself Sunday night. I said, oh, really? <laughs> no kidding. There was another moment where it was just, I was really struggling holding it together. But here's what she texts me after she hung up on me to check on me. So bless her heart. She was just checking in, seeing what was going on. What if every shortcoming slipper bobble you noticed in another person was choreographed by divine intelligence to be delivered at exactly the right time as cleverly as a cleverly veiled invitation for you to wonder, ask, and think about how you might increase your own awareness. Yeah, that's how I roll. The universe. <laughs> I thought that was perfect because I can't tell you how many times something that I didn't want to happen or a negative experience or just the planning didn't go as, as, as planned. You work through the emotions, you feel them, you get past the other side of it, and then you look and go, you know what? There's a better answer here. Another opportunity has presented itself, or it has worked out in a better way, just not as I planned. So you know the old joke, you know, as you make plans, God laughs. Well, I, you need to take that to, I need you to take that to heart just a little bit. Because sometimes it's very true. We think that we are in control of so much, and we just simply aren't. Now, you know what? That's the first time that young fellow in my neighborhood, a little 14 year old, has been hired to do something like that. So his mom was so grateful that I gave him the opportunity. Great, someone benefited, someone learned a little responsibility and he worked. And he, and he understood that, you know what? You don't get paid $25 an hour when you have no skill set. This is, this is what this kind of labor is and you also learn to help a neighbor out and things like that. There was a lot of lessons learned there. Now, secondly, I had to learn a little lesson about letting go and getting myself back on balance. 
to work through my emotions and then come to the other side and say, what's next? I swore we were just going to do this work ourselves, but I'm looking at this going. There's not enough time. Still furniture to paint tomorrow. Party's on Saturday. I called back the young fellow that I, that I uh, originally had talked to, or secondarily I talked to, and he showed up at 8.30 this morning and solved all my problems for $25. It's done. Raking's done. The front garden's cleaned out. It's done. I can now walk around my yard feeling proud when company comes on Saturday for $25. And he's thrilled. It's a tank of gas for him. He's got more work and he's off to another job site. Really could. So there's someone else's. I've made some. I've spent a little and someone made a little and they're feeling like they've done a good job and I'm appreciative and they're feeling my gratitude. Everybody's winning in this situation right now. And that is a really good thing, including my husband who doesn't, he's not anal like I am. My husband, I love him to death, but he's a bit of a slob. He just is. It's just, he's just, neatness is not his thing at all. He will spend every three months just power cleaning through his man cave or his bedroom and it'll be spotless. And then the very next day he goes back to everything on the floor and never putting anything away. I'm an anal can retentive OCD control freak. Okay. And that's really not fair to put my exceptionally high standards of neatness onto someone that just really couldn't care less. He's not unhappy living in the mess. It's a little frustrating when we can't find his tools, but the same token, it doesn't affect his life. He's, he's good. And he finds stuff if he needs it. And every couple of months he cleans it all up. I'm the one with the issue. Do you see the difference between me saying I'm right and he's wrong but understanding that I'm this way, he's that way, and I don't have the right to put my will on his life. I'm really hoping you're hearing that. I'm not right and he's not wrong. And I don't have the right to put my will onto his life. Okay? Children are a little different. You need to teach them and they're going to be their way or naturally, but you can't let children be raised to not know how to clean and tidy and look after their things. That's completely different. We're talking adults here. So back to communication. Communication is a tough one for me. Uh, a couple months back, I podcasted how I offended my girlfriend by sending her an email. I am much better vocally face-to-face. -face. That's why I do YouTube videos on the Living Well with Shell ch uh, YouTube channel. I do product reviews. I just talk about life. There's lots of, I'm having, there's no consistency on that channel whatsoever. It's just Living Well with Shell. I talk about all sorts of stuff. That is my strength. Everything else in the written word often comes out, comes across not how I intended. That's really just the easiest way to put it. Not as I intended. It comes across sometimes blunt. So when I get new clients and such in my bookkeeping business or over the years, I've always just told people I'm very, you know, I'm very blunt and point blank. I send things in bullet points. I just want answers. Please don't be offended. It's just how I do business. And then everybody's warned that's my style of communication. But otherwise, people that are all about feeling, touchy-feely people, they find my method of communication via the written word offensive almost. Because they're looking for the, hey, how's your day? How's I don't have time for that when I'm working. I just want, to, I want an answer. Talk to you later. Great to have lunch with you. Give you a hug then. I'm just very different that way. But the thing again is you have to own the consequences of that communication and that style of communication. I was not clear with that young man. There's no one to blame but me. In my work life, it's very similar situation. I have a, I have a skill set that's strong in one area, very weak in another. So I work around that and I own it. I'm aware of it and I own it. 
And I trust that there are ways in your life that you're doing the same. A little bit like the podcast I did a week or a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about how in my family, I learned to just talk, talk with sarcasm until years later, you know, a boyfriend looked at me and said, who do you think you're talking to? Because that's how my mother spoke and my family and her mother, my grandmother was the same way. All just snippy, snotty women. And I was exactly the same way. It was a learned behavior, very learned behavior. So the question is, is it natural? Is it a learned behavior? Is it getting you the results you want? Because if people are not reacting the way you're hoping they're going to react to you, you have to stand back and say, what's wrong with the message or how am I delivering it? Clear communication is so important in raising children, in communicating with a spouse and family, friends, and, but especially in business. You have got to be able to clearly and concisely communicate with your staff whether they work for you or you are the person that works for someone else. A young lady came into my treatment room last week and she was saying she's very, very ill. And this is my living well business where I do the ionic foot baths and, and do coaching. And I'm, I'm helping her. She's having to quit a job that she just got because of yet another infection. And it's, it's so frustrating. But you know, one of the things she said to me was, I really like working there because I really like how the owner communicates his needs to me. I'm clear of what he wants. I haven't heard that in a long time. And so again, back to communication, it just kind of all came together this last couple of days for this podcast to say, this is something that is so important. And in all honesty, I'm finding it's missing in the world of the emoji and the, uh, and the quick text where we are bastardizing the English language beyond words. In fact, it always makes me laugh. My cousins in England, uh, they're just, they just post now phonetically. They, none of them, if they know how to spell, you wouldn't know it on Facebook um, and stuff because it's just, you just, we, we type like we speak now and that's fine in friendships, but that is not okay in business. And that is not okay in raising your children in the core life, core, in the core, sorry, lessons. They need to learn to do things properly and then they can take the shortcuts. But if you're raising them with all the shortcuts, they're going to struggle out in the workforce and you're going to struggle in your business if you cannot communicate exactly what you need and what your expectations are to people around you. Even if it's clients, we talked about this once before about, um, managing expectations. That again is all still, still a form of clear communication. I think I have beat this horse to death. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I got that out there. It is a skill set. It must be learned, learned. And if you have children, it must be taught as well. You need to own it, accept responsibility for when you don't do a great job and something is, is just doesn't end up being the way you want it, like your garden or your warehouse or your client doesn't really matter. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.